Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about return to play criteria and functional performance testing for the upper body and overhead athletes. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Ronald Show. We're up at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston, Massachusetts. Lenny McCrina, Dave Tilly, Dan Pope, Mike Scaduto here answering all your questions, anything you guys want to talk about, PT, fitness, sports, performance, anything else you guys want to talk about, latest season of Game of Thrones, whatever we want it to be, right? We, don't want to, we try to not date these too much, but we're pretty it's good. Wait till you see the ending. It was amazing. I can't believe, that, I can't believe you died. <laughs> Len, what do we, who do we have for students? So Len is the CCCCI of the ACCCC. Right. He's eyes. Right. So, so we're gonna we're gonna this is gonna be Lenny's thing going forward, I think. Apparently. <laughs> we have the veteran student, Cameron MacDonald from the University of Rhode Island. Mac What's his nickname? Mackie Uh Cam. Killer Cam. We call him Cam. Killer Cam. <laughs> Killer Cam. Um, and we also have a short term uh, student here for about four weeks doing her last clinical. Right? Is it last clinical officially? Very last clinical. So your last clinical is only four weeks? Yeah. Interesting elective. model. It's elective. That's why I knew it was something. So we have Shelly Anderson, Shelberg is what I call her. I don't know why. Shelberg. From Augusta University, where the Masters may be playing soon or has been played. I would put my money on Tiger Woods <laughs> if I were you. Do what? I was definitively going to come on after. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way there's no time warp. This will never go back. Could have filmed this in December. So I'm super hesitant to tell you the story because then I feel like we're, this is going to happen a lot. But Shelly literally just showed up. Right? Yeah. Not really a student there. I mean, I do. <laughs> so, I, I do. So she just, just walked, walked in one day to her, and was like... To her defense, she emailed me three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm here for four weeks. Is that cool? And we're like, sure. So now, and not try not to set up tents outside. Not to set up right? <laughs> Over the weekend, but good story on Shelly. And now she's here, and she's doing an amazing, amazing. job. Amazing. Awesome. amazing. So, based on that... Why don't we let Shelly go first with today's question? I know, first. I know, Killa was all excited. <laughs> but... Shel Shelberg, what do we got? Tim from New Jersey. Hi, Mike. I was wondering if you could share some of the functional performance tests that you find most useful when going about return to play for the overhead athlete. I feel like as a profession, we are so familiar with the more common lower extremity functional performance tests, like the single or triple hop test for the ACL but are less comfortable when it comes to overhead athlete returning to play. Awesome. Great job, Shelly. Good job. Shelly had a great first question. Uh, man, we are getting this question a lot. We're getting this question on the podcast a lot. We're getting this question in person a lot. I think every time I go speak somewhere, I know Lenny's been there. Yeah. Like we get, we get questions about this all the time. Uh, everybody is big on return to play criteria right now. I think it's just like it, of every injury, right? And I think we're starting to realize that there isn't a lot of good options for the upper extremity, especially with overhead athletes. So maybe to lead this question, Leonard, 
Why don't we start off with this question? We have a bunch of return to play tests for the lower extremities, specifically ACL, really good. Where are we at with that literature and science? And do those even do a good job before we get to upper body? Because upper body is really not even that good. So I know everybody's learning lower body and everybody says to do a lower body, but what do you think, Lionel? Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This could either go good or really bad. Um, There's a lot out there, especially for ACL. Obviously, that's the big topic. Um, We're trying to fit together all the different tests and see what's valid and gives us a good snapshot. That's all it is, a snapshot of that day of those tests for returning for an ACL, and we're not doing well. As we know, the injury rates are pretty still, you know, still pretty high. So you know, whether it's a hop test or a dynam- handheld dynamometer test or an isokinetic test, I think we're still struggling lower body. So with that, I think upper body stuff, like and George Davies is the guy for this. So if you can somehow get in touch with George on Twitter, he, he gets in and out really quickly uh, on Twitter. So good <laughs> luck trying to get to him. But um, he's got some stuff, and he is a big proponent of upper body tests. I just don't know if they're carrying over for the baseball player or the overhead athlete, as the question stated. So um, I, I struggle. My functional return to tests are getting them to go through a throwing program and see how they respond to that. So I don't really use a push-up test or any kind of seated uh, weighted ball test to see how far they can throw it or the velocity of that throw. I think those are some of the tests that are out there. So I think it's still a struggle to see what the best tests that are out there for the for the overhead athlete, never mind lower body. And again, Mike Raymond and Duke, he, you know, he's always putting stuff out as well on social media on lower body tests, ACL tests, functional tests. I, just, I still struggle with hop tests and isokinetic tests. We don't have an isokinetic, uh, uh, like a biodex here. Uh, it, it's again, it's a small snapshot into how the athlete does on that day. And we were missing a ton of stuff. So I don't know if you guys want to add more. I don't know if I answered the question well, but. Yeah, it was good. I think with upper body for, especially for baseball players, there's like a lack of specificity in some of the the functional tests. So it's like, are we really looking at what we want to look at? But I guess that's my big point there. Right. Like if if we're going to have a, if we're going to have a return to sport criteria thing, it has to replicate some of the forces observed during the sport. Right. So you could say with ACL, you know, there's running and cutting, there's, uh, there's hop based tests and there's strength based. I mean, those all. I mean, I, those, those make sense as best as we can objectify a functional thing, right? right? And, and overhead athletes, I just, man, that's hard. I mean, nothing replicates I, that. I, I know back in the day, Kevin Wilk, um, you know, Mike and I's colleague, mentor, um, you know, he was a proponent of isokinetic testing, so looking at ratios of ER to IR strength, and he has put some papers out on that, so, you know, about a two-third ratio of external rotation strength to internal rotation strength, but again... Is it functional? Eh, it doesn't have to be, so to speak, because we're doing a knee extension test for ACLs, and I don't know how functional, it's just looking at quad strength, but the quads are important for ACLs, we know that. Same thing with a throwing athlete, the, the ratios of ER to IR. So I think if somehow coming up with ratios is one small option to see how strong they are in the posterior cuff, maybe that can somehow translate over a little. Sure. I, you know, I, I don't know. but Yeah, we, we do that. Yeah, you know, we that. do that. I don't know if I'd call that a performance test. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, going back to the question, but that is part of our return to play. I think my sport, gymnastics, is probably the most applicable for, like, some of the push-up stuff. And Absolutely. All that. And even that being said, it's I'm starting to use it more and think about it, but it's still not specific to the demands of gymnastics fully. It's, it's got a couple components, but hanging traction forces overhead are way more of an issue than, like, push-up-based stuff. So 
you know, if anyone's going to be really hardcore on it, it's probably me, and I'm still not even that sold on it just yet, again, for yeah. transference. It's functional in terms of its closed chain. A lot of these things yeah. are closed chain, yeah. push-up type thing, even like Y balance and yeah. stuff. I don't think any of these things are correlating to anything exciting. You know, you can see some studies that show everything, uh, you know, plus or minus, but a lot of them are like closed chain based. So, okay, maybe like a football lineman, a hockey player, uh, a gymnast, again, same thing, but... If gymnastic, if those tests aren't good for a gymnast, what are who are they going to be good for? Right, because that's a closed chain sport to an extent, right? And and they're still not good for gymnastics because it doesn't replicate the speed and the force, right? Right. So and that's the same thing I think with the overhead athletes. Hopping, I mean, that's kind of the speed and the force. Yeah. You know, or it's or it's much closer. Close, yeah. You know, to the speed and the force. You know, so you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know anything else on your guys' end. I mean, I think also looking at do you do it in a in a regular state or fatigue state yeah. too? And I think that's another thing I've spoken to George about this, George Davies, and I know he's kind of come up with protocols to get the athlete into a known fatigue state to make sure. Because we want to see also the injury risk. Can they maintain good form? Because that's going to be the key is can they maintain good form, especially with a lower body like an ACL, while they're in a fatigue state, despite what Tim Hewitt would say on social media, that fatigue does not matter. If you fatigue out, the forces are actually less through the knee joint, which means there's going to be less forces on the ACL, is his argument. Now, you can go to Tim. In a biomechanics lab again. It, right. It's a, it's a good right. argument on Tim, though. But Correct. It, but... Everything else is also fatigued, and is that less force more impactful? Right, right. You know yeah, what I mean, right? right, right it's right. just like you know, the, like we can rip apart a UCL and an elbow and a cadaver at much less loads than this, than that is observed in every pitch, right? Because cadavers are you know dead, D-E-D. right? But right. <laughs> so they're they're different. But White Walkers so now jo- George Davies <laughs> of of all the tests out there, he's doing a seated shot put test, right? And it's a single hand shot put, right? I think he calls it shot put, right? And what he's looking for is like how well can you do that test? And if there's something out there that I think is applicable to an open chain kind of thing, I would say that's it, right? If you're apprehensive about moving your shoulder, then you're going to be apprehensive about like producing force with speed. Right, so like being able to do that really fast, I think you'd probably see a bit of a deficit. Again, does it is it good for an overhead athlete? I mean, man, I think if you're not going to do well on that test, we're just going to know, right? <laughs> like, 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 is it going to be like pretty obvious that they're not going to do well on that test? I think George also has another <laughs> test where you stand a certain distance from a wall and there's a box a certain size, and you have to throw a ball into the box consistently or at a certain fault. There's something that George does, and again, forgive me because I'm probably botching this, but I know he's got another one that might be a little bit more specific for an overhead athlete. Wow. And I have to read. Yeah, that's, exactly. pretty, that's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you right now, most minor league baseball players would fail that test <laughs> because they can't throw in this box thing that we call the box. Right. The strike zone. So they're all, we're going to have all these healthy guys failing because they're going to be throwing it like yeah. that. But So again, um, I would look at George Davies stuff if you're interested in this topic because I think we're still struggling and he's trying uh, to, to promote and to show that it's of value for clinicians. So. I, I would say very few people in this world treat more overhead athletes than us. There are some, <laughs> right? And I'm sure there's some similar to us. But that is you know, something we do quite a bit. And we're not doing any tests, right? We're not, and, and I hate to say this because this is not the right answer, but it's the best answer right now, is we don't know what to do and we don't think anything's valid, right? So the things that are out there are valid. We're even questioning it in the lower body and yeah. we don't do a ton of it in the lower body, yeah. right? So what we do is the number one thing 
that is, is a sequential program that we know that builds upon each <clears throat> itself. And we know that they get better, right? You can't do like a multi-planar, like agility type lunge until you can do single plane. You can't add a rotational component until you can do it in that single and then that lateral plane, right? I mean, that everything is sequential with how we do our rehab process. With the overhead athlete with throwing and stuff like that, right? We get them super strong, they start some plyos. You can't go to one-hand plyos until you can do two-hand plyos. Right? You can't go to throwing until you get to one hand plyos. You can't go to 60 feet throwing until you can throw at 45 feet. You can't get to 75 feet. I think you see where I'm going, right? So, do you think that's part of the issue with return to play functional testing if we're so reliant on timelines versus like criterion based rehab? That's a good point, right? Like, doctors want to see him at X months yeah. to do yeah. the test. That's what it sounds like, because just based on like. You know, what I've read and what you just described, obviously how we do it here, it's, it's very criterion based instead of you know, a strict timeline. But if we're so focused on the timeline, we may put more stock into the functional return to play testing. Right. Uh, I think summarizing too, the lower bodies are looking at, can you handle gradual exposure forces, which is why this happens well. I think that's the problem with upper extremity sports is they're so different, like a, an interval throwing program, right? I just watch basic gymnastics skills on things that I know from a coaching point of view that are fractional forces compared to what the hardest thing is. And an idea that I think is going to become way more popular from um, Tim Gabbett's world is like finding the most demanding demanding passage of play and testing people in that. So he has people go through these brutal rugby circuits where they're really tired and fatigued, but they're doing exactly what rugby demands. Right. So that's just like you guys watch this company laid out like 120 or really like doing flat ground stuff. That's like really high forces. But you can watch those slivers of forces build up over time. And in the lower body, it's a lot of jumping, a lot of running based on the forces. And all the tests kind of have that slow exposure. Right. Gymnastics versus baseball versus something else is completely different. So right. it's hard to see those forces. I, I like it built in. I mean, if you think about it there, I mean, you, you made me think while you're saying that. Like, we know that the forces on the arm in an overhead athlete, uh, so baseball player, we know that when you start long tossing it, you're about 120, give or take feet. It starts to be quite similar to the stress observed when pitching off a mound. So you could argue the best functional test you can do is you can throw 20 times at 120 feet. And not like, like, like Yeah, who says a functional test has to be like so sterile, yeah. right? That it, you, it has to be like, you know, proper sure. positioning or like, like so sterile. The functional test to get to the mound is you can throw 20 throws at 120 feet. That's exactly what is it happens. Is that simple? Gymnastics, too. I'm like, the criteria to get to the floor for your upper extremity is tolerating the trampoline well, which is fractional forces. Right. And then tolerating that plus the harder surfaces, which is a little bit right. more forces. So what do you guys do? So you start with, like, like, like so we you go know. to, like, the launch, like, park and just have them, like, play dodgeball. <laughs> yes. And then once yes. they can tolerate yes. that. They play popcorn bounces on the trampoline. They can go to the backyard that. trampoline. <laughs> yep. And, yeah. then, and then once they do well at that, we'll take the fences down. Yeah. And then we put them in those Velcro suits and jump against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I, think, I think to summarize, we're getting this question a lot. Everybody's getting this question a lot. I think, I think the PT world right now, especially on Instagram and stuff, everybody wants to kind of talk about these return to play criteria. Right, and I hate to say it's a simple. I almost feel like this is a letter to the editor that we need to write, or something like that. That, like, look, Lenny said this more than once. It's a snapshot of a certain day, right? And then Dan said it like, or Mike said it like, it's, it's, it's yeah, Dan said it. it was Mike at six months, right? Well, I, well, what if you sat on a couch for six months and then you just have to do a hop test at six months? That doesn't make any sense. Like, so our criteria is fluid and every day. You have to succeed. You have to win today to go to tomorrow. 
Wow. 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 <laughs> that, kind of, that just happened. Mic drop. <laughs> mic, right. mic drop. Mic drop. All right. So on that note, we don't know the answer, but we're still working through it. And if anything comes out in, in the research, we're going to do it. But I, I, hopefully that helps explain it a little bit. And I think that like sometimes what we're doing is a functional test. I think you have to kind of keep it that way and see how they succeed. So. I think I wrote a blog post on this you know, for your website if people want to go to your website. For, for the knee, right? I think for the knee. So, I so give yeah. some of my thoughts, but yeah. something to yeah, look for it. Awesome. So awesome. Thank you again. Great question. Another great episode. We appreciate it. Head to MikeRandall.com. Click on that link to uh, go to the podcast and there's a form to fill out to ask us some more great questions. We got a ton of questions the last month, by the way. I don't know what happened, but we got a ton of awesome questions. So we do our best to try to get to them all. So please head there, head to iTunes, Spotify, rate and review, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.